The following podcast is for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed therein are not necessarily those of Canal Insurance Company. This information is not designed to replace, substitute, or supplement our client's independent obligation to comply with any laws or regulations. Listeners should complete their own independent research in creation and development of their company's risk management and safety programs. Welcome to episode 21 of the Holland Notes podcast by Canal Insurance. I'm Susan Ogle, Senior Loss Control Specialist at Canal. This month's guests are Brandon Wiseman with TruckSafe Consulting and Jared Childress with Childress Law. In our conversation, we're going to discuss how TruckSafe got started, the types of services they offer to carriers and insureds, and we're going to touch on the regulatory landscape of trucking insurance, including several new and upcoming regulations to be on the lookout for. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Now let's get rolling. Brandon and Jared, good morning. Good morning. I'm joining you here from Illinois at my uh, home office here. Beautiful day here in the Midwest after a bunch of thunderstorms. I know that you guys are always on the run and... uh, um, how's it going out there and where are you guys this morning? Yeah, hey, yeah. Susan, this, this is Brandon. Morning. Jared and I are both in uh, central Indiana. So like you said, we're always on the run. We just got back from a trip to Wyoming. So happy to be back home. And yeah, uh, weather is great here in Indiana for now. Excellent. Hey, um, we're going to go ahead and get, get going. But uh, I'd like for you to, each of you, to tell us a little bit about yourselves this morning. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, this is Jared, uh, Jared Childress. I've, I've had uh, the chance to speak with you guys a couple of times at the uh, Canal Safety Seminars live, which is a fantastic experience. Um, hopefully, post-COVID here, we're going to start kicking those off again. Um, that'll be exciting. And I've also talked about, um, I believe, maintenance files in one of the other previous Holland Notes podcasts. So um, a lot of folks have probably heard from me, maybe too much from me, but um, I'm an attorney. Um, and I practice law at Childress Law, and I'm also a consultant in truck safe consulting. And so my practice area 100% focuses on DOT compliance. And uh, in my past life, I, I practiced in commercial law um, and also in the DOT compliance space. But I found myself really gravitating towards the compliance work. I just really enjoyed uh, being able to build with companies and proactively manage compliance as opposed to dealing with, you know, after the fact issues in the litigation context. So uh, I found myself really gravitating in my prior law firm towards that compliance work. And I really enjoyed that very much. So um, I was lucky enough to start my own tiny little law firm consisting of just myself and Brandon, um, and to also be able to uh, focus much more on that compliance work that I enjoyed so much. So uh, that's my area, um, uh, Childress Law and Truck Safe Consulting, um, and I'll kick it over to Brandon to kind of tell him, tell tell you guys about him a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Uh, Brandon Wiseman, president of Truck Safe Consulting and a partner with Childress Law. I have a similar background to Jared's. Um, practiced law for many years at a large law firm, primarily dealing with DOT compliance issues, working with 
some of the nation's largest motor carriers on all aspects of their safety and compliance programs, you know, representing them before the FMCSA on safety rating upgrades and, and administrative appeals, that type of stuff, but also helping them build out their policies and procedures, you know, just making sure that, that their operations are not only compliant with the multitude of safety regulations that they're subject to as regulated trucking companies, but also helping them to uh, minimize their exposure to, you know, highway accidents and the litigation that can stem from them. So did that, did, did that for many years. And then uh, similar to Jared broke off on my own recently uh, started truck safe consulting with the idea, like Jared said, to be more proactive with carriers, um, uh, really help them to understand their obligations under uh, the safety regulations. We do a lot of educational content, that type of stuff. We'll get into that in a little bit, but also partnered up with Jared and his law firm to be able to continue to practice law in this niche area. So that's me. Well, thank you very much, you guys. I appreciate that. And it sounds like you're kind of already giving us an idea of how Truck Safe got started, but could you dig in a little bit more and explain a little bit more in detail of how this really got going and where you're headed with TruckSafe? Sure. Yeah. So my idea initially for TruckSafe was, you know, when I was at the law firm previously, we would have carriers come to us pretty routinely and ask me for recommendations for training um vendors, vendors who offered training in the safety regulations, but occasionally they were looking for more than just uh, training to provide to their drivers on how to safely operate commercial motor vehicles. You know, there's no real shortage of that type of training out there, good training available to them. But what they were interested in was uh, courses that they could offer to their safety managers and folks that were dealing with drivers on a day-to-day basis, folks who needed to have a better understanding of the safety regulations so that they could be conversant in these various issues that drivers are dealing with on a daily basis. Things like hours of service, driver qualification, everything that goes into being a regulated driver, they wanted their safety managers to be all on the same page in that respect. And and I never really had a great place to turn them to for that type of training. There are uh, training providers out there who hit on some of the topics. They may have a module or two that cover those various topics from a safety manager perspective. So what I wanted to do, the initial idea with TruckSafe was to build out that compliance training based on our experience working with these regulations on a day-to-day basis for you know the last decade. And so that's what I did at the start. I spent the first six months or so of TruckSafe developing my own um, course for safety managers that is specific to the safety regulations and ended up rolling that out, um, had that kind of as our basis, our starting point, our jumping off point. And then we just built from there. Uh, we have that available now through our TruckSafe Academy. So that's one part of of truck safe. Um, but we also, the other big idea behind truck safe was to, um, shake things up a little bit in terms of how we, um, present content and how we consult with trucking companies, you know, truck, uh, trucking consulting companies, at least in my experience, in my view, this isn't universally true, but it's, it's true for a lot of consultants out there. You know, they have a, a little bit of a different background than us. Traditionally, usually they are uh, ex-agency um, 
investigators or, or have a law enforcement background. Um, and so they're, uh, they're very knowledgeable of the safety regulations, uh, but they, they're coming at it from a different perspective than we are with the legal background. And so we thought that would be beneficial, that legal background and, and seeing it from that perspective would, would be beneficial to our motor carrier clients, but then also presenting it in a, in a little bit different fashion than we're used to. So those traditional safety consultants do a great job of, of usually one-on-one consulting, but maybe not such a good job of actually delivering content to the masses. And so that's one, one thing that we've focused heavily on here in the beginning is putting a lot of content out there. Hopefully we like to consider it to be in an you know, engaging content, uh, kind of modern content, modern way of, of conveying these often very detailed and very convoluted topics. And so that's what we spend a lot of time uh, doing here early on. And that's what we focused on uh, to, to date. And, and I'll add one thing to that as well. Um, so one of the areas he was talking about, you know, your standard DOT consultants, um, one of the areas that really differentiates us, he mentioned the legal backgrounds, but there's a lot of areas of compliance where you really need to be concerned about uh, future production of documentation and uh, how could this arise in litigation. And, and so with certain aspects of truck safe consulting, we're able to do a lot of that without those concerns necessarily, uh, training, you know, general counseling, things like that, uh, generally cons- general consulting. But uh, certain things like DOT, mock DOT audits, uh, you're generating that report that uh, out, kind of outlines the deficiencies of the compliance program of the motor carrier. Um, and, and sometimes you really need to be concerned about whether or not that's protected by attorney-client privilege. So we do have the ability as attorneys to be able to turn over those reports under attorney-client privilege to prevent them from being produced in future litigation. And so that's another area that, you know, there's very few DOT consultants out there that actually are attorneys that can offer that. So uh, that's something to definitely keep in mind when you're looking at getting mock DOT audits. You know, I uh, like this because the credibility with, with you two and coming from that legal perspective is so much more valuable because you're trying to stop things from happening. You saw the claims that came in. You saw the battle that people were up against. And by being able to kind of come in from the back end of that and at that point, and now you're coming in at the front end and trying to show people, hey, look, this is what's going to potentially happen to you if you keep going this direction. And I think that uh, seeing the claims that that came in and the lawsuits that came in is really an eye-opener uh, as you move this business along. And that's what makes it so valuable to your clients. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, you know, that's not to take anything away from the traditional safety consultants. We certainly, there, there's several great ones out there. We work with quite a few of them. They're great at, at, um, understanding the safety regulations, communicating that to carriers, helping them b- build policies and procedures. We do that through our consulting services. But the, I think the, to your point, Susan, the benefit of having uh, our backgrounds and being also in this kind of consulting space as well is that in addition to the DOT compliance issues that that's traditional safety consultants look at, we're also looking at this through the lens of the potential for highway accident litigation, right? That's something that gets missed 
by some safety consultants, by a lot of safety consultants, just because they don't have that background. So as attorneys, having kind of seen these, uh, these compliance, non-compliance issues play out, you know, in our view, there's essentially two major risks that motor carriers have. One is on the regulatory side of things. If you're not compliant in all of these areas, you have to be compliant in. There's certainly some regulatory risk. The DOT could come in and do an audit. They could uh, assign you a less than satisfactory safety rating, which could end up with a complete you know, fleet-wide shutdown. They can place your vehicles and your drivers out of service roadside. They can issue civil penalties. So certainly those are the types of th- one of the types of things we're looking at, but that's not the only risk, right? Because there's an equal, if not greater risk of exposure if one of your vehicles and drivers gets involved in a serious highway accident. And there's a whole nother set of concerns there. So, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about nuclear verdicts. Uh, you, you hear that term a lot in the industry, and those are becoming more and more prevalent. We've done a, a lot of educational content on that through TruckSafe, where we talk about those and what is, is spawning those. But essentially, you know, if you as a motor carrier are not doing the things you're supposed to be doing under the regulations, and you've got... Uh, um, you know, poor hiring practices and stuff like that, you are really exposed to those types of multi-million dollar verdicts, which if you get one of those, I mean, that's, you know, depending on, on um, how extensive the, the jury verdict is, that could very well shut you down as well. So as attorneys, long story short, we're looking not only at the regulatory side of things, but also the highway accident litigation side of things and coming up with policies and procedures and programs to help you as a motor carrier minimize your risk to both sides of those things. So I think that's the real benefit of our consulting services uh, that we offer to our trucking companies. And and also, in addition to the highway accident kind of spot checking as we're going through a mock DOT audit or a risk assessment type of a review of a carrier, you know, we're also able to identify employment-related uh, concerns as well because those those issues, those legal issues, definitely permeate uh, the DOT compliance area. So we're able to spot check and identify those as well. But going back to the nuclear verdict concept, I mean, there there is a really momentous um, push in the trucking industry to kind of proactively address compliance in order to com- combat these nuclear verdicts. And we consider ourselves, you know, part of the spear with that movement. And, you know, we, we really enjoy being a part of that movement and helping carriers be proactive to avoid these nuclear verdicts because, you know, it's like um, you, you have to understand what's going to happen in litigation uh, to some degree, you know, before the accident happens. And you have to understand the areas that they're going to be attacking and looking at. And, and compliance is such a bigger part of that than a lot of folks understand. It's very oftentimes not necessarily about the actions of the driver uh, during the crash. You know, it's it's that the plaintiff's attorneys want to focus on everything that led up to those events that have nothing to do with the events, meaning driver qualification files, maintenance files of that vehicle, you know, obviously hours of service of that driver at the time is very important, but focusing on the hiring practices of that carrier, I mean, things, uh, there will be depositions that last eight hours and, you know, none of that time is spent talking about the actual accident. It's all talking about the compliance of the motor carrier. So we are definitely part of that movement to proactively address uh, these issues that arise in nuclear verdicts. And and that's, you know, our, 
probably our favorite part of our work. You know, and it, you hate to think of it like this, Susan, but it's, it's almost kind of like a chess match, right? So understanding the strategies that the plaintiff's attorneys employ when they pursue this type of litigation is important to make sure that your compliance program is buttoned up to combat those strategies. So um, to Jared's point, we think we got a good handle on, on those strategies that are being used to target motor carriers for these types of cases and and um, potentially put them out of business. And then we were able to, to um, you know, consult with the trucking companies and help fill any gaps that could make them, you know, susceptible to those types of verdicts. Yeah. Um, what happens sometimes when I'm visiting with our customers, speaking of the consulting side, is when they're looking at, just like what Jerry was mentioning, they're, they're focusing a lot on the driver, on this driver, and what did he do and what did he do wrong? Instead of looking at it from what I tell them to do, look in the mirror first. Look and see what's been going on with you, your policy, your procedure, your training, your orientation. What might you be missing or what might you need to do an extra focus on uh, you know, at the beginning to reiterate and reemphasize uh, to these drivers. So first, let's look in the mirror because uh, <laughs> that's usually where it's going to start because everyone comes in with their own perceptions, their own ideas. And unless you try to really reiterate what your expectations are and your ideas and, and what you're uh, wanting from a driver, how are they really going to know? So anyway, I, I really appreciate this this whole thing and the perspective of of where you're coming and the, the consulting services. So anything else you'd like to kind of hit on with the uh, consulting side of TruckSafe? Yeah, well, you know, and to your point, Susan, I think you're exactly right. It's something that we're constantly preaching to all of our clients. It's that you know, safety and compliance is something that that starts from the top down. It's if you do it the opposite way, it's never going to work. You're going to find yourself just putting out fires as they arise. You know, a driver is having hours of service issue, so now we got to get with that driver and fix that issue. If if your safety and compliance program is set up like that, it is never going to work. It's going to fail. So what you have to do is you have to start at the top. You have to have buy-in from your top level um, uh, executives, safety officials. Everybody at the top has to buy into this idea that our number one concern. Is is going to be the safety of our operations. Sure, we've got we've got several other issues to worry about. We've got profitability. We've got operations. We've got customers to keep happy. But we have to buy into this idea that we're going to be compliant, at least compliant. That's going to be the floor. But beyond that, we're going to do whatever it takes to keep uh, keep our drivers and, and the motoring public safe. And then when you have real buy-in from the top, then that permeates down into the lower levels. If if you are, if your drivers see that, that your top-level executives buy into that and that they're committed to that, it's more likely that they're going to uh, also buy into that. So you have to push it from the top down. Um, and then once you have that from that, once you have that buy-in, then you kind of develop your your basic policies that are going to be distributed. Here's how. Here's our plan of action for dealing with all violations that arise. Because, uh, you know, you're, you're a regulated fleet. You're going to have violations. They're going to come up. But you need to have a plan at the start for how you're going to deal with that stuff. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Here's the training we're going to give to our drivers to try and avoid the violations in the first place. But here's what we're going to do if the driver have violations. You know, we're going to talk to them. 
first. We're going to get to the root cause. We're going to prioritize issues. All of that stuff is important to build that foundation because if you don't have that foundation, uh, the whole thing is likely to, to crumble. And, and the common theme that you'll see if you look at a lot of the nuclear verdicts as of late, um, the, the common theme is you know punitive damages that just really don't align whatsoever with the compensatory damages. Um, and you know those compensatory damages being medical bills, you know, actual costs related to the accident and the punitive damages being uh, the, the actual punishment to that you know, company. And, and a lot of times those punitive damages arise uh, due to these compliance issues being paraded in front of the jury as you know, uh, uh, demonstrating a motor carrier that doesn't care about the motoring public at all. All they care about is moving freight down the road and making money. Um, and so you know, these focusing on these compliance issues definitely takes those arguments away from the plaintiff's attorney um, and, and hopefully will make those punitive damages a lot less lopsided um, in a case. Yeah. And going back to your question, Susan, on, on the consulting side of things. So um, there's a few different things that we do uh, when, a, when a motor carrier engages us to do to provide consulting services. So first up is um, we, we, if they don't have that foundation that we talked about, we help them develop that. We help them develop, uh, you know, driver handbooks, drug and alcohol policies, uh, company safety policies, all to make sure that we're starting from that, that foundation of safety and compliance. Uh, and beyond compliance, um, doing things that that um, are are uh, important to making sure that we're we're um, able to minimize the the circumstances or the situations that could lead to serious accidents. So that's one of the things that we do in the consulting is just kind of giving our thoughts based on our experience working with other carriers where a particular carrier should be in terms of their policies and procedures. So that's one thing we do. Another thing we do on the consulting side is we do um, uh, a lot of analysis to assess a motor carrier's susceptibility to DOT enforcement and then also highway accident litigation. So we do that uh, primarily through reviewing their safety scores, their CSA scores. So we'll do CSA analysis for them. We'll go in and look at their scores, see how their scores are trending over time, see what drivers are causing them issues, see what vehicles are causing them issues, and we'll prepare a detailed report where we identify the trends and, and identify the issues that the carrier needs to target to, to start to make those trend lines go the right way rather than the, the wrong way, uh, start to help improve their scores over time. Because that's really the trick is improving scores organically over time. I always tell clients that there's no magic bullet to fixing these issues. It takes work. It takes work to first understand where the issues are and what's causing them. And then it takes work certainly to right the ship, to uh, you know train drivers if it's training that's the problem, to get rid of drivers if there are problem drivers who the, the other uh, steps you're taking aren't, haven't been effective at getting them to be compliant. So that's some analysis we do. And then Jared mentioned the mock DOT audits. That's a more comprehensive review that we offer to our motor carrier clients where we'll actually come in. Uh, we do some of them. We do a lot of them on site, but we can also do them off site. And we model these after the DOT's own uh, DOT audits. So we use the same sampling methodology, the same safety rating methodology that the DOT would use if they were to come in and do an audit. That way it gives the carrier a good feel for 
how they would fare in the event the DOT were to actually come in. So we try and simulate it as as closely to the real thing as possible, so that they uh, so that they're not surprised when the DOT comes in. They know what to expect, and then we issue a very detailed report that details all of the areas that the DOT would look at and whatever violations we found in there. And then we'll issue them a. a sample safety rating, just like the DOT would. Uh, and that usually gives them a good feel for here are our areas of, of non-compliance that we really need to work on. So I would say those are um, on the consulting side of things, um, a lot of the things that we do for our motor carrier clients. And then, uh, you know, kind of along with that, we also have a whole library full of uh, DOT forms that motor carriers could use if they don't have their own or they're not using a third party to help them. We've, we've uh, over the years, built out a whole library of those types of forms that they could use to help them stay compliant. Yeah, and, and an additional area that we find ourselves doing more and more uh, for our clients on the consulting side and the law firm side as well is just kind of taking a look at the telematics program that's in place for the motor carrier. And by telematics, we're talking about cameras, ELDs, et cetera. So, I mean, the ELD compliance is obviously a very big issue. It's, it's pretty well settled, but there are still a lot of issues with carriers that we find every time we do mock audits, we find you know, uh, issues with the reports that they're running on a regular basis, whether that's unidentified driving time reports and assigning that time to appropriate drivers or personal conveyance reports being a little bit out of control um, and putting some rigor around those hours of service policies and, and some examples, concrete examples on personal conveyance use and just making sure that the ELD that's being deployed by the carrier is a compliant ELD um, and then, you know, kind of intervening with uh, an ELD vendor or, you know, writing communications to that ELD vendor when there are compliance issues or things that need to be addressed on the carriers or on the vendor side on behalf of the carrier, uh, just to make sure that the ELD is working for the carrier. It's not just a compliant device that sits in the truck and, you know, keeps enforcement at bay and hopefully everything goes fine with hours of service. So, uh, we end up looking a lot at ELD, the back office system, and ensuring that those reporting practices are up to snuff and making recommendations around those as well. Um, and then and then camera practices of a motor carrier. Uh, that's another issue that we address quite a lot, you know, whether you're going to make the decision to have forward-facing cameras, inward-facing cameras. Um, we, we work with carriers on those programs. And then also the coaching aspect of the telematics program. That's an area that is often ignored. Uh, there's a lot of telematics that are being, telematics data points that are being captured by a lot of these ELD systems that uh, generate scores even in the back office. And so if you're, you know, folks that are working safety aren't aware of these coaching scores and these metrics that are being produced by the telematics system, you could have a problem in the future if that's ever uh, brought up in litigation, which if there is highway accident litigation, 100% of the time, the scoring metric will be uh, a subject of discussion during the case. Um, and, and if you're getting horrible scores for drivers and it's saying, coach this driver, coach this driver, and you're not doing anything about it consistently because you just didn't even know that it existed, uh, that's that's a big issue, obviously. And and. We have to either shut those telematics uh, metrics off and make sure that we're not generating bad scores and doing nothing about it, or you know, grab it by the reins and and coach the drivers when it says coach them and and address those hard-breaking events and speeding events and things that are being recorded and flagged in the telematics system. So that's another area that's been 
uh, a pretty big issue with clients that we've been working on as well. And, and one last thing I'll mention to uh, Jared's, uh, Jared reminded me of this. Um, we do fight fires. Uh, so we've talked a lot about being proactive as a motor carrier. We think that's uh, key to uh, keeping their risk down. But we also do occasionally come in and have to fight fires when, when um, something bad has happened, whether it be a DOT audit that resulted in a less than satisfactory rating or a roadside inspection that, that uh, carried a lot of points or an insurance company uh, potentially not renewing a carrier's insurance because of violation. So in those situations, there's a lot of ways that we can help motor carriers, a lot of ways that we do help motor carriers. For instance, uh, at any given time, we're probably working on three or four safety rating upgrades where we help the motor carriers develop corrective action plans to address violations that were discovered in a, a DOT audit. And so now they're faced with the prospect of a less than satisfactory rating, which can cause all kinds of trouble, uh, not only from the DOT perspective, but also with customers and with your insurance carrier. So we'll come in, help them develop a plan to address those, and then we'll get that filed with the DOT and request that their safety rating be upgraded based on those corrective actions. So that's something we do a lot of. And then also helping them um, on the on the roadside inspection side of things with data queue appeals. If they have violations that they think are incorrect, we help them draft the, the appeal to get those taken off. And then on the insurance side of things, we we work with a lot of insurance carriers, including Canal, uh, where where you know the insurance company and, and we do this at various different levels. So insurance companies may tell the carrier that we're seeing a lot of issues in this particular area. Uh, you may look into hiring a consultant to help you improve in those areas. So uh, we'll come in and, and help them improve in those areas, give them our thoughts on, on what's causing the issues, what are the root causes, and then developing a plan for correcting those to, uh, to hopefully help with their insurance renewal. Well, I, I want to interject that that's a great segue because Canal insurance does have a discount available to their insureds with TruckSafe Consulting. And uh, if any of the canal insureds listening out there are interested in that, uh, they can go ahead and give their agent a call or their loss control representative. They're in risk management services with canal. We'd be more than happy to get you dialed in with uh, Jared and Brandon. Um, because whether it's on the proactive side or, as Brandon said, the putting out fires side of things, I think that they would be a very uh, beneficial part of anyone's safety program. And, and, and especially for the folks that are trying to wade through certain policies and procedures or um, I, I like the data queue idea. I mean, the hours of service, everything coming up, is, it's, it's an endless I mean, personal conveyance. I, I've been seeing so much of that. Everything that you guys are talking about, it's right at the foremost of many conversations that I have with our insureds. So I think that that is um, uh, a good uh, beginning. And I'd like to kind of then talk about some of the training aspects of your academy. 
Yeah, so we have the TruckSafe Academy, which is uh, just a division of our consulting services. But this is more on the proactive side of things where uh, we have, and these are the training courses that I mentioned at the start that we spent the first six months or so developing. And we continue to, to, to develop other courses based on the needs that we see in the industry. So um, TruckSafeAcademy.com is, is the house for all of our training courses. These are all online training courses uh, that can be taken on mobile devices, on computers, wherever it is that your drivers or your safety managers happen to be, uh, they're broken down into, um, you know, kind of bite-sized lessons that are convenient to take uh, at, at, you know, whenever the drivers or safety managers have time. So at the moment, we've got a few different training courses available. We've got our safety manager course. That's our flagship course. That's the one that we built specifically for uh, trucking company owners or safety directors or managers or dispatchers, recruiters. Uh, we also have a number of third parties out there, insurance companies, um, brokers, uh, third-party administrators that are taking that course or offering it to their employees. And that's a uh, that, that course is designed to give a, a very good and comprehensive overview of the various aspects of the motor carrier safety regulations that govern motor carrier operations. So things like uh, DOT registration, insurance, driver qualification, hours of service, vehicle maintenance, drug and alcohol testing, DOT enforcement, all of those issues, uh, getting into depth in those and, and what they mean to a regulated fleet. That's our safety manager course. We have a number of uh, motor carriers who have rolled that out to all of their safety managers across the country, all of their location managers, uh, and, and, and Certainly, if you're a small trucking company, we have a lot of trucking company owners who take that course because, uh, you know, you are charged as a regulated motor carrier with with knowing those regulations, what they are and understanding how how they work and what regulations your drivers are subject to. And so the idea of trying to, um, you know, ingest all of that information on your own without some assistance it can be daunting. It's certainly a daunting process. So we try and make it as intuitive as possible. For those taking the course so take our course it, it help includes helpful visual aids it's not just a talking head the whole time it's it, we're actually demonstrating these various things like hours of service for example we're walking through graph grid logs so that whoever's taking the course understands duty status and how that works and then the courses all of our courses also include they're split up into into chapters uh, on various topics and then each chapter will have a quiz a short quiz where you can test your knowledge uh, and then if you feel like you need to go back and rewatch some some sections you can and then once you complete the the course you'll get a completion certificate which is helpful to keep in uh, you know if it's for a driver in their driver file if it's for a safety manager maybe in their personnel file uh, and then they'll have access to the courses for a full 12 months so they can go back and consult various areas uh, if they have a meeting coming up on hours of service, they can go rewatch the hours of service section just to uh, kind of recall those issues. So that's kind of how all of our courses are structured. Again, safety manager is our flagship course. We've also got a driver course that's geared towards drivers and it's specific to DOT compliance. 
We've got a reasonable suspicion course, which is a required training that the DOT regulations say that any uh, anybody in a position of supervising drivers has to, uh, supervising CDL drivers, I should say, has an obligation to take two hours worth of training on the signs and symptoms of drug and alcohol use so that if they observe a driver who has uh, who appears to be impaired, they can send that driver in for a reasonable suspicion test and keep them off the road if it turns out that that uh, they're under the influence. So we offer that required training. Uh, and then we're getting ready to roll out a hazardous materials course. So this is another required training for any hazmat employee. Anybody who's involved in the transportation of hazardous materials has to receive recurrent training at least once every three years. So we partnered with uh, one of the leading hazmat experts in the country to come in and help us develop a hazmat specific course that's going to help carriers comply with that three-year training requirement that they can roll out to all of their hazmat uh, training employees. So that's kind of a, a broad overview of our courses that we currently offer. We're getting ready, aside from the hazmat course, we're getting ready to develop uh, a new entry-level driver training course. This is a new regulation that just came out this year, uh, 2022, that requires Anybody who's seeking to complete certain CDL transactions, whether it be getting a new CDL, Class A or Class B, or uh, getting certain endorsements, so hazmat endorsement, passenger endorsement, school bus endorsement, all of those individuals now have to obtain entry-level driver training from a registered training provider before they're going to be eligible to take the skills tests that are necessary to get their CDL or get those endorsements. Um, and they have to have evidence that they've completed that required training uh, uh, um, available to the DMV or BMV when they go in. And if they don't have that training, they're not going to be able to get that CDL or that endorsement. So we're building out the uh, our own ELDT course, the theory portion of the course. Uh, and we're again, we're working with, a, with an expert to help us develop that course, the CDL holder. Uh, and we're going to have that available probably within the next couple of months. This is uh, May when we're recording this, 2022. So hopefully in the next couple of months, we will have that available uh, as an option for drivers who are looking to complete those CDL transactions to get that theory training from us. Uh, and then um, they'll go on to get their behind the wheel training from, from another training provider. And then they'll be eligible to take that skills test to get their CDL or endorsement. I want to add one quick thing about the safety manager course. We've uh, that that's like Brandon said, that's kind of our flagship course. And, and we've actually experienced a lot of carriers that have had additional folks outside of just the, the traditional safety manager taking that course. So anyone that interacts with drivers or supervises drivers, you know, dispatchers, driver supervisors, folks that actually work in the safety department, um, even some, you know, risk type folks uh, been taking the safety manager course just because uh, it's, it's not necessarily that these folks have to understand the regulations down pat. Uh, taking this course helps them uh, be able to raise those red flags. So if they identify issues that are compliance issues based on what they've learned in the safety manager course, they're able to raise the flag and get with that safety manager, get with that, you know, inside expert uh, of the company related to compliance. So it's really great for being able to just flag issues and, and run them up the flagpole. So now uh, we found that that's, that's what a lot of companies are using the safety manager course for as well. But also, you know, there's a lot of safety managers and a lot of these mid-sized companies and small companies that 
you know, they're former drivers and they've been with the company for years and years. You know, everybody likes them, but they may not be the best with the regulations. And, you know, that's a that's a common issue. So sending that safety manager to a multi-day course and taking them out of their job function and then making it this public thing where they're having to go learn the regulations, that can be, um, you know, there, there's a bit of a deterrent factor with that. You know, you don't want to shame the safety manager and say, you don't know the regulations, go to this training. Um, and then you're losing your safety manager for a couple of days as well. So our course allows them to take this in an online format um, in, in digestible chunks and complete it and get themselves up to speed on the regulations without having to make it this you know, spectacle of attending this multi-day training. So if you're interested in, in taking a look at some sample videos, you can go to treksafeacademy.com or just trucksafe.com. I wanted to ask you fellows, what would be an average duration for the safety manager course? And so our safety manager course comes in at about eight hours total, but it, again, it's broken down into, into smaller lessons. So each lesson averages about 10 to 12 minutes. So very easy to take. You can take as many as you want at a time. Uh, and then once you complete the lessons in the chapter, again, there'll be a short quiz to make sure you understood what it was that, that, uh, we were teaching. And then, yeah, uh, once you complete the whole course, then, then you'll get the completion certificate and the driver course that we offer is about six hours of content in total. And, and, you know, going back to Jared's point, I, I do agree with him where it is very important for more people within an organization to be in, at least in the awareness level. You know, they don't have to really be in the acting level, but the awareness level of how this all goes together. Because I tell folks, no one has a crystal ball on their desk. And if we they did, they wouldn't be sitting at that desk because they be somewhere else making a bunch of money with a crystal ball. So if you have, you know, uh, the, the combination of the good communication and coordination between a dispatcher, a driver, a maintenance and the safety people, that's what you really need. And when one of those begins to fail, gets the gap, becomes weak, doesn't understand, isn't in the know, so on and so forth, you do have the gap. And maybe one department isn't quite, they're thinking, what is the big deal. Like, why, why do I have to worry about this? It's not really my job. And until they can really see how that really fits together sometimes, especially those folks that are newer to the industry, it is beneficial. So uh, in, in a very high agreement with Jared's com uh, comment on, on, on getting these other people involved, I think that it is a very valuable uh, asset for any company to have more people engaged in the bigger picture. Yeah. Uh, the dispatcher is the perfect example, right? Because the dispatcher isn't traditionally dealing with safety regulations, but they are dealing with drivers who are subject to hours of service rules. And it's important for the dispatcher to have at least a working knowledge of the hours of service rules so they know what they can and can't do in terms of dispatching drivers. So what we, what we found and what our safety manager course is good for is uh, giving folks a working knowledge of the important safety regulations. You know, we don't get so in the weeds that it's irrelevant to to folks. We get in enough detail so that everyone has the same working knowledge of the safety regulations that they need, regardless of what type of position they're in in managing drivers. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more because so much of it, when we go back to the claims, is optics. What have you taught people? What haven't they? And it's it's just 
hand in hand, hand in hand. And as far as uh, the academy, and you've got also some compliance networking, uh, what's, give me an idea what that's about. Yeah. So um, aside from the academy, you know, one of the things we said early on that we wanted to do was kind of shake things up and do things differently and provide a lot of content, get a lot of content out there with the idea that, you know, if the if the content's out there, at least folks will have a, a better way to understand the regulations rather than having to read the regulations, interpret them, uh, you know, try to interpret them. So we're just pushing out a lot of ways, uh, trying to make those regulations more accessible to carriers and, and helping them to understand them. One of the ways that we do that uh, is something that we just recently launched, which is called the Truck Safe Compliance Network. We wanted to have a space for safety managers and safety professionals to get together and exchange ideas, uh, ask questions uh, in an environment where they could get answers from their colleagues and other safety professionals. So we created this compliance network. It's it's online, trucksafenetwork.com. We also have an iPhone app. If you search TruckSafe in the App Store, you'll be able to find it. And it's just a social network for safety professionals, motor carrier safety professionals. Uh, you know, we have folks in there from third-party administrators, risk advisors who uh, will, will occasionally post helpful articles and uh, things that are working well. Uh, we have a lot of motor carrier safety professionals in there who, um, who the idea is they'll, they'll ask questions if they're having trouble with a particular area of compliance and then get answers from others who have experienced those issues. Uh, and then we also have, you know, exclusive content available to those network members. It's free to join. I encourage, uh, <clears throat> encourage all safety professionals. If you're in, 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 any kind of position of managing drivers or dealing with safety regulations to join the network, get in there. It's just, as, like I said, a space for folks to exchange ideas and learn from others. And then we're constantly posting like free webinars for network members in there addressing all these various types of topics. So again, that's trucksafenetwork.com. Um, and then one other way that we are uh, trying to get content out there is our monthly live show that we do. We do a live podcast, a video podcast that's broadcast across all of our social net, uh, social media channels, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. It's called Truck Safe Live, and we bring on well-known industry guests uh, who are experts in various topics, and we uh, we spend an hour with them, um, kind of asking them questions about those. Topics. You know, we've had shows on nuclear verdicts, uh, fleet telematics, fleet data, uh, driver issues, the driver shortage. Um, so those types of hot button issues that are impacting Highway Safe, we, we do that in our monthly show. And, and we do, uh, most of our shows are outside of the general compliance scheme of things. So, you know, independent contractor issues, driver pay issues. So there's a multitude of, of subjects that we address on the truck safe live show. And that's why we bring in these additional experts because we don't like to hold ourselves out to be experts in areas that we're really not. That's a very bad practice. So check out those live shows. Um, we've got a lot of different subjects. If any of them interest you, you can find them on uh, YouTube, Apple, Google podcasts, Spotify. So look that up. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, we, we've got a lot of stakes in the fire. So lastly, another way that we're um, trying to provide this education to uh, motor carriers and, and safety professionals is we're having our first annual Truck Safe Fleet Compliance Summit uh, this coming August. So August 2022, it's going to be August 11th and 12th. It's going to be a two-day 
multi-session virtual conference uh, for fleet owners, safety managers, safety directors, third parties. Again, this group of, of professionals who are involved in motor carrier safety and compliance. And that summit, we've already got 21 industry expert speakers booked for that who are going to come and address all kinds of topics. Again, topics like nuclear verdicts, cargo and freight claims, DOT compliance, tax issues, fleet technology, insurance, even things like mergers and acquisitions. We're going to have a bunch of different educational sessions on those topics. And again, this is all virtual. This is all going to be done through uh, Zoom webinars is essentially how it's going to be done. But the cool thing about this summit and, and something I think is going to be a first for our industry is in addition to these educational sessions, um, we're also going to have a virtual expo hall where through the Zoom platform, this is something new that Zoom is doing, um, attendees will be able to essentially visit a virtual expo hall. They'll be able to go out on an expo hall floor virtually and see uh, booths from all of our great sponsors and all of our vendors. Um, and they'll be able to enter those booths, learn more about the sponsor's product or service, download helpful resources about those products and services, talk to a, uh, a vendor representative about how those services might be able to help their fleet. Um, and, and the idea being, you know, and, and we've also all, already have dozens of sponsors, including Canal, they're going to be there. Uh, uh, the idea being helping fleets, helping equip fleets with products and services that may be right for their fleet that can help them manage compliance. So it uh, should be a pretty cool thing for, for the industry. So check that out, trucksafesummit.com. If you're interested, um, you can you can register there, get your folks registered, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you there. And, and, you know, to that point with the summit, I mean, you know, everyone has their conference they love to go to. It may be the canal conference, the in-person conference, you know, everyone has conference fatigue a little bit. A lot of people have Zoom fatigue as well, but we made this uh, summit uh, very affordably priced. So check out treksafesummit.com for the details on that. And, and, you know, any one of these sessions could add value. And the way that we priced it uh, was such that, you know, if you wanted to uh, attend three of the sessions that, you know, really made sense to you, then the price was right there on point. So if you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out to us. And that's going to be this August, right, you guys? Yes, August 11th and 12th. Perfect. Well, I think folks should really get that on their calendar. There's a lot going on here. You guys got, you've got the summit, you've got the Truck Safe Network, the Academy, the Truck Safe Live. Uh, goodness gracious, I've got even my own notes here. I can't yeah. keep track. You would think yeah, there were more than you place. would think there were more than two of us, but it's just the two of us. I, so. <laughs> I I sit here thinking, how are these guys staying up? I I, I don't know how you're doing it. Oh my goodness, you know a lot of coffee. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I, I have one question kind of as a sidebar and, and thinking how your platform would really uh, benefit some of the companies that are looking at uh, getting some newer drivers as a percentage of some of, of their driver roster of being new drivers out of the academy or schools or whatever. How do you see uh, what you have available to potentially benefit then maybe even that safety manager or a company with 
integrating some of these really new inexperienced drivers. Yeah. So aside from our entry-level driver training, which if they're CDL drivers, they would need something like that to even get their license to begin with. But your point's a good one, which is, okay, now we've got drivers who may have gotten, who may have learned how to drive a truck at various different places, who may have worked for other motor carriers. And, and so they have a working knowledge of the regulations, but maybe they've learned different things from different people and everybody has their a slightly different interpretation of things, right? And so that, that can be a problem for motor carriers. And so what a lot of our clients will do is they say, uh, sure, you may have a wor good working knowledge, a good baseline knowledge of, of compliance and all of these issues, um, but we want to uniformly onboard our drivers to make sure everybody's uh, you know, playing from the same playbook, essentially. And so what a lot of our motor carrier clients will do is they'll roll out our driver course, our driver compliance course, to every one of their new drivers during the orientation process to make sure everybody's got that same uh, same understanding of how the company expects them to understand the safety regulations. So that's one thing that we, that, uh, a lot of our motor carrier clients do. And I, I would add to that, um, the safety manager will have, uh, the ability to assign a date by which the course needs to be completed. So it's not like the driver has to sit down on orientation day and complete this, you know, hours long course, the safety manager can track their pro their progress through the course and they can assign due dates for the course. Um, and then in addition to that, if you're looking to onboard drivers in kind of a uniform way, but you don't want all of the content that's noted in the outline for the driver course, uh, we can create custom outlines for uh, motor carriers that are looking to just uniformly onboard drivers in certain areas. So keep that in mind as well. That's a good yeah, point go because that's something we do a lot of as well as build custom video content for motor carriers. So for example, a motor carrier uh, may have issues with drivers understanding the functionality of their ELD device. So what we've done a lot of is develop a course that's specific to that motor carrier, specific to the ELD device that they use, where we walk through the functionality of that device, then they can roll that out to their drivers to so that they don't have to have a, a safety manager spending time working one-on-one -on -one with each driver. So we do build custom courses quite a bit. And, and I would like to add, though, the importance of the consistency of that training, because depending on what we get when we walk in somewhere as, as uh, you know, various canal insureds, people will think that they will always be doing the training. They are the ones that will do the training. Well, there are going to be days where that person is going to be sick or something happens or they move along to greener pastures and go to another carrier, whatever. So I think that the consistency of, of, of a good onboarding training program is very critical because everyone has their own perspective of what's important just from their own background and, and, um, and such. It, it, it's never going to be the same. So I think it's best to have it spelled out and keep it consistent, keep it uniform. Everyone gets the same message. And it's also good in the event of any kind of claims or litigation as well. So um, I, I couldn't agree more. It, as regards, uh, we've talked a lot about um, truck safe. I know you guys are really into the regulatory and, and compliance. What are some of the newer regulations that might be on the forefront that you might want to discuss with us? Yeah, so there's actually um, 
you know, quite a bit going on. So we've had some recent regulations passed. We've already talked about one of them, which was the entry-level driver training rule that took effect in uh, February of 2022. Uh, we also recently had the FMCSA coming out and actually uh, giving motor carriers, throwing them a bone a little bit by removing the requirement uh, that drivers fill out a an annual certificate of violations. The DOT thought that was a little bit duplicative of the carrier's own obligation to do annual reviews of a driver's record. So now effective May of 2022, carriers no longer have to get a certificate of violations from drivers annually. And then of course, uh, a little uh, further in the past, we had um, some pretty significant changes to the hours of service rules. Um, those took effect. Those have been in effect for uh, about a year now. That is currently in litigation, active litigation. There are some groups that are challenging those uh, regulations and that's pending um, at the DC Circuit Court of Appeals. I don't, if I had a crystal ball, speaking of crystal ball, I don't think that the court is going to overturn those hours of service rules that went into effect or the changes that went into effect. So I anticipate, uh, I don't anticipate any more significant revisions to the actual substantive hours of service rules in the near future. So that's kind of what has happened currently. In terms of upcoming regulations, we've got a few uh, to, that motor carriers should be on the lookout for. The first is the DOT's proposal to expand drug testing to include, to potentially include oral fluid drug testing. So right now the regulations are such that if you're a CDL driver, motor carriers have an obligation to test you for drugs and the only uh, recognized DOT test type is through urinalysis. Um, and so what they're looking to do, and they have, they're, they're, uh, they've proposed a rule on this, they're kind of in a, uh, a period where they're accepting comments and reviewing comments on those before they move forward with it. But they're proposing expanding that to include not only your analysis, but also oral fluid testing. So mouth swabs, essentially. Uh, and, you know, the rationale for that potential rule change, as I understand it, is that, you know, there's been a lot of concern over the years with your analysis, not only from a privacy perspective, but also because most of those types of your analysis tests are not observed. Uh, and so you would have situations where drivers would uh, come up with creative ways to um, <laughs> to to get around the the urinalysis test. We don't have to get into the details there, but you can use your imagination of creative ways to substitute their own urine. Um, and so with oral fluid testing, obviously with mouth swabs, there would be a collection a collector there observing the collection they would be taking it right from the driver's mouth so uh hopefully it will result in some more um you know transparency to the to the system so that's the idea behind that one we've got a couple of other ones jared do you want to hit on some of the other things that are coming up yeah so uh speed limiter regulation uh we've got some upcoming regulatory activity there that's likely going to be a joint nitsa fmcsa regulation that uh, requires speed limiters on commercial motor vehicles or uh, certain class eight vehicles um, going forward from uh, OEMs. And so this, this is one that's been kicked around, shot down. Uh, it's, it's made its rounds <laughs> with the FMCSA and NHTSA in the industry. And, and there's a lot of folks that are obviously very skeptical of this regulation just because, you know, setting a speed limit in one part of the country doesn't mean anything in another part of the country. Uh, just because you have, you know, speed limits like Brandon, like Brandon mentioned earlier, we were just in Wyoming. Speed limits consistently 80 miles per hour on the highway. 
Uh, if you set the speed limit for commercial motor vehicles at 68 miles per hour, uh, that's going to create some really unsafe environments for the regular motoring public uh, who would be consistently doing 90 miles per hour uh, on that stretch of highway. So 68 versus 90, you do the math. That's a bad situation for you know potentially 80,000 pounds rolling down the highway. So the speed limiter regulation is going to get a lot of comment. It's going to be a lot of interesting back and forth. So I'm going to be watching that one very closely. Um, we also have, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the Safe, Drive, Safe Driver Apprenticeship Pilot Program. Um, as we all know, the, the federal age for CDL drivers is, is generally 21 years old. Um, well, it is 21 years old, but uh, in intrastate commerce, uh, there's a lot of states that will allow uh, drivers to get CDLs if they are 18 years old. Uh, and that varies uh, some range between 18 to 21 from state to state. But you know, this is a safe driver apprenticeship pilot program is going to allow a limited number of motor carriers to hire drivers under the age of 21 uh, to complete this apprenticeship program, which is going to have a couple of different phases and some hours requirements and some certain metrics that have to be hit in the apprenticeship pilot program. Uh, so this is an interesting one. I'm, I'm really excited to see how the insurance industry responds and in, to this apprenticeship pilot program and how you know, receptive the industry is to this. Uh, but I would encourage you, if you're going to get involved with this pilot program, do some due diligence before you get involved with this program. Make sure you talk to your uh, insurance provider and understand what the ramifications could be uh, from a policy standpoint and from a going forward standpoint. So don't just dive right into this one, but do some re research on it. Yeah. And that, to that point, Jared, there's a, a, a lot of requirements on the carriers who are going to participate in that program. Number one, they have to be approved by the DOT and the DOT is going to only approve, as I understand it, about a thousand carriers to initially participate. Mm -hmm. The whole idea, the whole idea with the program is to evaluate whether, um, the safety of the operation for younger drivers is such that we can open this up nationwide and potentially help alleviate our driver shortage by allowing younger drivers to operate. But in this initial pilot program stage, we're just going to be collecting data. So motor carriers who are participating are going to have to make periodic reports to the DOT about uh, their drivers and any accidents that they've had, violations that they've had. So there are a lot of requirements on carriers who are going to participate. We have, um, on, on our end, have developed some, um, we think they're important policy documents for carriers who are thinking about participating, also reporting forms, forms that the carriers can use to make the necessary reports. So we've got that available over at trucksafe.com if you're interested. So, and, and there's also some technology requirements for, you know, the vehicles that these individuals are going to be operating under the apprenticeship pilot program. So make sure before you even take many steps forward that you actually have the technology to comply with the apprenticeship program. And then obviously at the end of the pilot program, once a apprentice completes the program, they'll be able to get a CDL and operate in interstate commerce. So Susan, that kind of wraps things up in terms of the big, significant, what we would consider significant rulemaking, both that have happened uh, recently and that is upcoming? Well, goodness, that is a lot of information, gentlemen. And I, on behalf of Canal and, and all of our listeners out there, that was a lot to digest. And I strongly encourage everyone to please go to um, TruckSafe and trucksafeconsulting.com, take a look at all of the things that are available and the upcoming events 
the summit sounds like it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to that myself, and I have that on my calendar. Uh, but uh, just, you know, the exchange of ideas and in your compliance network, there, there are so many things. And, and I, I know that it is going to be helpful for so many folks out there. And keep in mind, if you are a canal insured, there is a discount available. Um, if you would like to use TruckSafe Consulting, there's a discount available. And just to get a hold of your representative or your agent, if you're interested in that. And I certainly hope that uh, everyone enjoyed our conversation today with Brandon and Jared. I know that I learned a lot of information, as I said, and uh, certainly hope you do too about Truck Safe Consulting. Thank you very much for having us on the show. We love uh, dealing with the, the canal insureds and, and the canal folks. You all have a lot of great resources yourself, but we're happy to be able to offer kind of some additional tools for your insureds as well. So thank you so much for having me on and Brandon as well. Yeah, I'll echo Jared's comments. Thanks so much, Susan, for having us on. We really appreciate the opportunity and look forward to continue working with Canal and uh, any of its uh, insurance. Yes, it's great to partner up with you guys, too. Very, very wonderful, uh, valuable partnership. We appreciate it. And thanks again, folks, for listening today. And we'll see you next time on Hall & Notes. Want to make sure you never miss a Hall & Notes episode? Head to the link in the show notes to sign up for email notifications.